This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, the next-to-last edition of Sports Talk for 2022. Our last show will be tomorrow night for this year. Back in 2023, bigger and stronger than ever. Great to have you with us. Coming to you once again tonight from Fort Lauderdale, site of the Orange Bowl tomorrow night. Between the Clemson Tigers and the Tennessee Vols, Matt Smith is with the Gamecocks in Jacksonville. He'll be joining us shortly. Chris Bergen is with the Coastal Carolina basketball team tonight at the HTC Center in Conway. He'll be joining us shortly as well. Today was final press conference day for the teams here in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and in Jacksonville. So we'll hear from uh, both head coaches and from the uh, South Carolina Notre Dame side of things, head coaches and players. They had them all mixed together. They had captains from the two teams joining the head coaches for the press conference there. Here in uh, Fort Lauderdale, the one piece of news that came from Dabo Sweeney, well, two pieces of news. Number one, he sounded like – What's the name of that cartoon character, the frog? He sounded like Froggy. Is that who it is? He was very, very hoarse today. Hoarse like I've never heard him before. It was almost inaudible at times, and you'll notice that when we play the audio a little bit later on. He's picked up a little something. He went to the Miami Heat game last night, the Heat playing the Lakers, and he is friends with Eric Spolstra, head coach of the Heat. They've been friends for about five or six years and he came in uh, to uh, Miami for the game last night, came in from Fort Lauderdale, went to Miami for the game last night. Don't know if that's where he lost his voice. He probably lost his voice on the practice field, I would imagine. And uh, so he was a bit hoarse today. But the other uh, piece of news was that uh, Sherman Jones is dealing with um, a hip flexor and may not be able to play tomorrow night. So uh, that would be another loss in the secondary for Clemson preparing to take on this Tennessee team that will uh, come at you very quickly, come at you very quickly through the air uh, and hit you with the run. They might even be stronger with their running backs going into this game because of Joe Milton being the quarterback now with uh, Hooker being out with the injury. Milton not having played a great deal. And, of course, two top receivers being gone as well. And – they might rely more on their running backs in this game and try and go fast and run the football against Clemson if they can, as we talked about last night. I mean, overall, Clemson's numbers defensively against the run look pretty good. But they had a stretch there of four games in the middle of the season where teams ran on them much more effectively than we've seen in recent years. And I'm sure that's something that they've tried to address in bowl prep Uh, over the last couple of weeks. So that was the news there. Otherwise, the Tigers are are set and ready to go. They're excited to be here. They'd love to, um, you know, finish the season 
with uh, a, an Orange Bowl victory, something to be uh, grateful for, something to feel proud about to get a win in the Orange Bowl and, um, and then carry that momentum uh, into next season to finish the season despite the loss to South Carolina, to finish the season with an ACC championship and an Orange Bowl championship would give them something uh, to uh, to build on. Of course, a lot of the conversation in the Q&A with the media had to deal with non-game-related matters, things like the transfer portal, for example. And Dabo Sweeney was clear, again, about the transfer portal. And I thought this was a great answer. He basically said that they haven't had to use the transfer portal like a lot of teams have had to. A lot of teams have had to use the transfer portal when there's been a change in the coaching staff. And when there's a change in the coaching staff, you have a lot of players that leave. And so the incoming coaching staff has to go to the transfer portal to fill in those holes. And he said, of course, because of the longevity of his staff and of him at Clemson, they haven't had that turnover. Thus, they haven't had the wide, uh, the, the wide array, the big number of defections and there's been no need, as he put it, there's been no need for him to go to the transfer portal to uh, bring in wholesale changes. And he still prefers to uh, recruit high school players. He, uh, he prefers to recruit high school players and develop those high school players within the program. But he acknowledged that the transfer portal is there. It can be a useful tool with the right fit, with the right player at the right position. But it is not something he wants to make a living through as far as acquiring talent. Though he also recognizes that high school players are being hurt by the presence of the transfer portal. That they are being passed over in a lot of cases for an older, experienced player who is ready to come in and play right away. And so that is something that is one of those um, effects that they did not think about, I guess, when they created the transfer portal and open up the gates to the wild, wild west of free agency in college football, they didn't think about the idea that this was going to hamper a lot of high school recruiting, as has been the case. So those are some of the thoughts of Dabo Swinney. What about Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks and Marcus Freeman and the Irish? Smitty was there for that this morning in Jacksonville. And so you got an earful from the Gamecocks and the Irish today with coaches and players. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, I was impressed with Marcus Freeman. And I think everybody that hears him speak is impressed by him. And I find it almost comical uh, because the you're used to this, Phil, in terms of uh, dealing with recruiting. Uh, Marcus Freeman has asked these veiled questions about Sam Hartman. Like there's a hmm. random right-handed quarterback that could be a veteran, might be transferring to your program. What do you think about him, Coach? Hmm. And um, and even Shane Beamer fielded a question – or, uh, I'm sorry, Sprinter Rattler fielded a question about Sam Hartman because they went to the Peyton Manning camp together. So that's just one thing. We push that to the side. But as far as the game actually coming up, Marcus Freeman, in terms of preparation, I liked this uh, about what he said about uh, – preparing for a bowl game he said you know sometimes you can watch too much film with all of the opt-outs we're not worried about tendencies as much as we're worrying about sharpening each other meaning he's he's practicing good on good his best offensive players against his best defensive players and getting back to fundamentals because he said that's where football is won and I agree with that. I think that that's a great point because what you see on tape from South Carolina, yes, that's those concepts. That's who they'll be. 
But at the same, by the same token, South Carolina could throw in some new wrinkles in the three weeks in between their last game and the, the bowl game. And Marcus Freeman said, so I don't want to watch too much film and assume that, that we've got it. I want us to be strong in terms of fundamentals. So that is, is, is what it was like from the Notre Dame side. And as far as South Carolina goes, Shane Beamer is excited about bowl games. This was interesting. Shane Beamer, who's about my age, said, I'm a bowl game guy. I like what bowl games bring to the college football landscape. I like that the guys are having fun. I like that there's a trip involved. I like that we're playing golf. I like that we're doing all of these activities involved around, uh, you know, we're staying on the beach near Jacksonville. I like all that. Yeah, it's a business trip, but at the same time, this is a reward for the way these guys played. And here's where you came in, Phil. Because Shane Beamer said, you know, we were one and two and we had lost to Georgia. And I was asked whether this team, there was any give up in this team, whether this team would quit. And we've won seven of the last nine. And I think these guys need to be rewarded with a trip like this. So Shane Beamer, from his perspective, said this is what the bowl season is all about, rewarding players for the hard work they put in during the season. And we should also say, I think the biggest the, the most newsy moment of the press conference today was that Shane Beamer also said that there were two or three Gamecocks that asked him to play in the bowl game but were planning on transferring, entering the transfer portal. We often look at this from the perspective of players not finishing out the season, not closing the season with their teammates. Shane Beamer said there were guys that wanted to play with us, and I told them, go on. If you're going – take off now. It doesn't mean I don't wish them well. It doesn't mean that we're not in contact. I'll do everything I can to help them, but I don't want somebody here with divided attention. I need your attention on this game, not what you're doing next year. So Shane Beamer made it clear the guys that are here are locked in and focused on the Irish. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. It just kind of shows you when the shoe is on one foot and then there's a shoe on the other foot because he had a player who was transferring from another school take an official visit with him the weekend before that player played in a bowl game and then signed that player, of course, or got that player committed. I guess did sign him, Joshua Simon, and that didn't seem to be a bother when it's somebody else's player who's in the transfer portal. <laughs> Just like with Dabo Sweeney and his no visiting rule for committed players. He doesn't want his commitments visiting anywhere else. But if you're committed somewhere yeah. else and you want to visit Clemson, that's okay. So I guess that rule only pertains in your own backyard. These rules that these coaches come up with only pertains to their own backyards. And I guess that's the way you do things in college football. Now, Corn, you are letting the facts get in the way of a great quote. I don't want, I don't like that. No, nope, the quote, the quote stands. No, the quote's great. That's good to hear, and and I appreciate his stance on that. I'm just saying, if you're going to have a whether it's that stance or Sweeney's stance, or any other stance that a coach might have, as Chris Bergen joins us from Coastal Carolina, don't you think your position, your philosophy, should go across the board? In other words. If my committed players can't take other official visits, then I shouldn't take official visits from players who are committed elsewhere, right? Is there something wrong with a with a rule that only works one-sided, Chris? First off, I was feeling like the uh, nerd standing outside the cool bar downtown. I couldn't get in listening to you guys talk football, and I've got basketball in the brain here tonight. But yeah. to answer your question, Phil, I, I don't know. Is it hypocritical 
or is it a situation where let's take Dabo's stance to begin with? He wants to make sure that the guys who are committed to his program are legitimately committed to being a Clemson Tiger. Maybe he, on the flip side, looks at kids who are willing to take other visits elsewhere as obviously not nearly as committed as he would want his program uh, players inside his program, so he doesn't have a problem with that. But I do see your point. It does sound like it's a, talking out of both sides of your mouth. So I, I totally get that. And from Shane Beamer's perspective, I loved his comments that, that Smitty pointed out about not allowing kids in the transfer portal that want to leave your program playing the bowl game. I think that's a reward for a good season with that team. If you're no longer with that team, then you shouldn't play. But again, I see your other side of the coin too with regards to if, if they're signing. Actually, I'm not even sure they have to sign, Phil. They just have to get uh, enrolled in school. I'm not sure they actually, once they go into the uh, transfer portal, I don't think they have to legitimately sign a national letter of intent. I may be no. incorrect on that, but it's- No, they, it's, do, they do sign financial aid papers, but go. you're right. No go. letter of intent, yeah. correct. I, you know, that's-, that's uh, really neither here nor there but again i mean is is that hypocritical is that the wrong way to look at it or is it that's not shane beamer's nor davos sweeney's concern i'm trying to worry what's best for the gamecocks what's work what works best for the tigers and here's how we do things you don't like it go elsewhere yeah absolutely okay uh tonight was uh, going to be a big night for uh telling you what we think about the upcoming games we'll have uh, Governor Hodges and Attorney General Wilson, another edition of the football filibuster. Uh, we've got the picks in from uh, all of our um, members of our panel, the Palmetto Pigskin Challenge, and so we'll have that for you as well. Uh, Chris, we'll let you um, lead us off here because you've got short time with us with your basketball game coming up. So what do you see in the uh, Orange Bowl? What do you see in the Gator Bowl? Sorry, I'm trying to also eat at the same time before it gets started with basketball, so my apologies. Uh, for the Orange Bowl perspective, I just don't see how Tennessee is going to be able to keep pace with a new quarterback and some of the guys that they have lost throughout the uh, season, into uh, certainly into the uh, opt-outs and the like. I think Clemson wins this thing by double digits. I don't think it's a very competitive game. I think Clemson's the better team. Now, Hendon Hooker playing. And some of their other guys playing on, on both sides of the football, I think Tennessee probably talent-wise is as talented, if not even maybe a little bit more than Tigers. But I just don't see – college football is so much about the quarterback that they don't have their best guy. And Clemson may now have its best guy. And so I think Clemson wins the Orange Bowl, and I'm not sure it's all that competitive, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Gator? I'm going to go with South Carolina. I got to thinking about something Shane Beamer pointed out um, – Midway through the season, when he was asked about how successful they have been with extra time to prepare, I think it was following the uh, South Carolina State game, a game they should have won anyway on a normal week, but with that get, being bumped back, then the following week, they had extra time to get ready for their next opponent. You look at season openers under him for two years. They've been very good, obviously, the bowl game last year. And defensively for Notre Dame, they announced, I think, today they're going to be missing. Smitty can help me out with this but I think they're going to be missing another defensive tackle. They may be missing their best safety. Their best cover corner is not going to play. They've got about four or five guys in their starting rotation defensively not going to be available. And South Carolina with the extra time, how's that offense going to look coming off two terrific performances, but with a different, obviously, different set of personnel. But I'm going to take the Gamecocks. I think that one's obviously going to be a lot closer. If, if South Carolina can stop the run against Notre Dame, I think they've got a really, really good shot to win that. I think it goes to the fourth quarter, but I'm going to take USC with what would be a mild upset at the Gator Bowl. 
All right, very good. I tell you what, we're going to let you go and eat and get ready for the basketball game. We're going to hit the break, and we'll come back, and uh, Smitty and I will give our picks, and Pat will give his picks for the uh, local games as well, and we'll talk about some of the other games that uh, the guys have picked uh, for the bowl season coming up. Uh, you have a good one tonight, Chris, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night, my man. Well, I'm disappointed. I, th- I was under the understanding we were going to spend two hours talking basketball tonight. Is that not the case? That'll start in January. I'm, I'm in the basketball season. Save it for January. <laughs> All right, guys, have fun. Appreciate it. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, have a good game. It's Coastal and Louisiana. In fact, there were a bunch of SEC games last night. Kentucky was a loser last night. How about that? They lost to Missouri. Uh, LSU beat Arkansas. Former Gamecock Trey Hannibal had a nice game for LSU last night. So, uh, SEC season's underway. ACC season's been underway. Clemson plays NC State tomorrow afternoon at Little John. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions played it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR Major. It's always a good time for folks to remember to get those licenses renewed. Doesn't matter what time of year, it's always a season in, whether it's fishing or hunting. Make sure to check your licenses, make sure they're up to date. If you need a hunting or fishing license, you may go to www.dnr.sc.gov to purchase your license online or to any local license vendor in your local area. And don't forget to join us for SC Wild from DNR with Major Billy Downer on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax, win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Back we are, Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, here on a Thursday night before the big bowl games coming up tomorrow. South Carolina, Notre Dame kicking off the afternoon about 3.30 in Jacksonville, then here in Fort Lauderdale about 8 o'clock, probably be a little after 8 o'clock. It's going to be a late night. Clemson and Tennessee. All right, uh, Smitty. Smitty, what do you have? What do you have for your uh, picks We'll keep it local here. What do you have for your picks? Gamecocks, Tigers, who do you like? 
Well, uh, for the Tigers, I'm really fascinated by what it will look like with Cade Klubnik. I do think the offense is going to to really click. Uh, I think the fact that he can attack all four quadrants uh, with his arm, and I think the the wide receivers are going to play with an extra pep because they'll be excited uh, to have Klubnik throwing them the football. That's nothing against DJ Oyunglele, just just different, you know, when you get the the second guy in. So I really like Clemson's pass attack against Tennessee just as South Carolina had success against Tennessee through the air. But I, I think I put I picked Tennessee plus the points, if only because of the unknowns on both sides of the ball. I really think this is going to be a tight ball game throughout, and I do like the fact that Tennessee uh, has the extra time to prepare with Joe Milton. Uh, I think Milton's going to take advantage of this opportunity. If this game would have been played three weeks ago right on the heels of the ACC championship – I think Clemson would have won by two scores, but I think it's going to be tight, but I would favor Clemson in the ballgame. And as far as the Gator Bowl goes, what I'll see, look, South Carolina said all of the right things this week. I mean to a man. I mean right down to their long snapper, Hunter Rogers. South Carolina is locked in and motivated, and you do have to take in account, into account the evidence of last year's Dukes-Mayo Bowl. I put my eyes on that when I was there in Charlotte, and that team was different. Uh, Shane Beamer had them motivated. I really, really liked the way they prepped for last year. But there's also the reality of two things. And you pointed it out last night, Corn. South Carolina has lost a tremendous amount of productivity and two starting defensive linemen. And three, really, if you, if you dial it all the way back to the second game when Jordan Strawn left with an injury. I just think the losses to that depth chart are going to be too much to overcome. And the second point is the matchup. Notre Dame runs the football. South Carolina is not a great run defense. Even in the games they won, like Clemson and Tennessee and others, South Carolina's run defense was their Achilles heel. So I really like the matchup for Notre Dame. Happy to be wrong. Happy to be proven wrong and see Spencer Rattler because if you look at it, of the four teams, Spencer Rattler's the only one that started all season. So there is an advantage for South Carolina on offense. I just don't know how much they have the ball. I think the Irish might control the game and win this one by a touchdown. Mm, all right, Pat. I know you've been looking over the numbers, been running the data, taking a look at the uh, video, breaking down tape, talking to uh, analysts, visiting with coaches. Who you got? <laughs> Tigers, Tennessee, Gamecocks, Irish. First, I'll start with the uh, Gator Bowl, and I do still have the Irish. I just think that as long as their head coach doesn't get cute and try, and their offensive coordinator don't try to get cute like Clemson did in that matchup, if they just keep the ball on the ground and just pound it 50 times, I'm just not sure that South Carolina will be able to will be able to match up with that. But what will give me hope for the Gamecocks is. I think game script is going to play a vital part here. If we see the same Gamecock squad that got a fast start against uh, several different opponents, Texas A&M this year, then I think that they may, in Tennessee, they'll have a chance to win. But if they come out with slow starts like they did against, say, Florida, and then the wheels all seem to fall off and Florida was able to just run it down their throats all day, then I see it being a long day for the Gamecocks. So that first quarter or first couple of drives is going to be pivotal. If Notre Dame's able to get a bit of a lead up front, they're going to be able to just slow down the game and minimize possessions for the Gamecocks, and I just don't think they'll be able to, to come back. Where, uh, as for the Orange Bowl, 
I'm a big believer in Klubnik. I've said it all season long. I think that he should have been the starter when they inserted him in the Syracuse game. I don't think he ever should have relinquished the that role and given it back to DJ. And now that he's out there, just the energy from that offense and then with the players that have opted out for Tennessee and then the critical loss of their quarterback, Hooker, I'm with Chris. I just don't see Tennessee being able to keep up with the Tigers. Uh, the defense has a lot of players that may be leaving for the draft, and I just think they're going to want to go out with a win. Okay. Very good. I'm going to take all that into consideration while I still think about who I'm picking. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I've got my picks done. Uh, We'll get to my picks after the football filibuster. Also, recruiting tonight, the Gamecocks have sent out an offer to another transfer offensive lineman, Marcellus Johnson. He's 6'4", 308 from Eastern Michigan. He gets an offer from the Gamecocks for this year's class. Okay, we'll hit the break. Football filibuster coming up on the other side. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, here to Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. On a Thursday night, the night before the uh, big bowl games involving South Carolina and Clemson, there are bowl games today. Minnesota has defeated Syracuse 28-20 in the Pinstripe Bowl in beautiful Yankee Stadium. And this other game, I'm not going to mention the score yet because Mr. Smarty here, put this game on our pick sheet, not realizing at the time they were kicking off at 5.30. Thus, I'm hoping the governor and the AG have not been paying attention and thus will not be influenced in making their pick by the current status of the game. So next time I should be more aware of kickoff times of these football games. With all that being said, it is time once again for the final time, the absolute positively last time this football season we welcome in for another battle in the football filibuster, former Governor Jim Hodges and current Attorney General Alan Wilson. Governor, good evening. How are you, sir? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Good evening to you and to the general. Um, Had a great holiday season. Looking forward to some good bowl games. Absolutely. General, good evening. Happy holidays to you, sir, and happy new year. Yeah, happy holidays to the two of you. We had a great time at the Wilson home. I hope you all, uh, I hope Santa was good to both of you. Always. Love when Santa comes by the Corn Blue household. I grab as many gifts (laughs) as I can off that sled before he heads on on down the street. So, Governor, you were 4-1 and the championship weekend. So, once again, you are, um, you're, you're, Building momentum towards the end here, trying to clinch another corn cup, and you're you're on the you're on the cusp. You've got a um, you've got a nine game lead with ten games to pick. You're just like Smitty in our sports talk competition. You've got a nine game lead over the competition. So really, you know, uh, it would take a complete disaster for you not to claim the championship. Uh, you're forty one and twenty nine. Uh, General two and three in the championship weekend. You're thirty two and 38 
Uh, there's still a chance, General. It's, a, it's there's still a chance, but it's sort of like hitting a um, a Nolan Ryan fastball. You're going to have to close your eyes and swing. Yeah, you know, Corn. It feels kind of like that scene in Dumb and Dumber when Jim Carrey says, "So you're saying there's a chance?" That's what it feels like you're saying to me right now. <laughs> That's right. I'm telling you, you got a chance. It ain't a good one. But you got a chance, uh, Governor. Uh, have you? Where will if you go ahead and clinch here? What? Where will this corn cup go amongst all the others? Does any? Does this one ha- carry any other any additional special meaning to you? I'm sorry. I've just been thinking about Alan Wilson riding on a moped in uh, Colorado. <laughs> dumb and dumber say. And sticking yeah, his tongue on, on a. St- sticking his tongue on a frozen pole and seeing if it sticks, right? Yeah, in a, in a blue ski suit or whatever yeah. it was, yeah. Oh, this, All right. this is definitely going to rank, rank up there as one of my best, yeah. Yeah, this has been a good year for you. It's been a good year. And I hope you ha- neither one of you have been watching the Oklahoma-Florida State game, correct? You're, you're going to be honest with me here? Yeah. You're not watching that game? I haven't yet. I didn't realize no. it was already being played. Yeah, good, good, good. No, then I, I won't... I'm not watching it. I will not tell you what's going on until after we finish our picks here. So let's get at it. We've got 10 bowl games to pick. We give everybody one last chance here at the end uh, to make a run. That's why you still have a chance, uh, Alan, but you're going to have to you're going to have to sweep. You got to go 10 and 0. Can you go 10 and 0? Well, all evidence to the contrary, but I'm I'm going to have to just basically pick opposite of the governor just to, you know, even have a, a feasible shot at doing it. That's right. That's right. With that being said, to make it uh, give you that opportunity, Governor, we're going to let you pick first here all ten games, okay? You got it. Okay. So we begin with Oklahoma and Florida State, and Florida State going into this game favored by nine and a half. Uh, Governor, what you got? I I think Florida State will win, but I don't think they're going to win by ten points. I I think – uh, but Oklahoma will keep it under 10. So I'll take uh, the Sooners. Okay, you want the Sooners. And, General, you're going to go with? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Oklahoma. I mean, I'm, excuse me, I'm going to have to go with Florida State, even though I, I, that's not that's not the team I would have picked. I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Florida State. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm going to own it. <laughs> You've backed yourself into, this, into the corner. I will tell you, they're playing, and um, – it's a 14-9 Oklahoma in the second quarter. 14-9 Oklahoma in the second quarter. Uh, and Florida State's favored by nine and a half. So you're looking good right now, Governor. Uh, let's go to Maryland, NC State. It's a pick em. And, uh, Governor, you say what? I'm, I'm going to pick NC State. I, Maryland, uh, picking against Maryland has never been a problem for me. They always seem to lose. So <laughs> I'm going to take NC State. NC State. All right, General. Well, I picked NC State, but I'm going to flip to I'm going to flip to Maryland. You're going to flip to Maryland, okay? All right. Yeah, this is pretty odd, but it's how we have to do it. Uh, Alabama and Kansas State, with Alabama favored by six and a half. Governor, I'm never picking against Saban when he's angry, and he's angry. So I'm going to take Alabama. Taking Alabama, and uh, Alan, what do you think? <laughs> well, we know what I think. <laughs> what I'm going to do may not be what I think. Uh, yeah, let's go to Kansas, Kansas State. <laughs> he says meekly and weakly, give him Kansas State to beat Alabama. Probably words you never thought uh, you would say, but that is the uh, nope, position. 
that you are in. They don't have to beat Alabama. They just have to not lose by the spread. That's correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. You just now, have to- now, wait a minute. Aren't Now, hold on. Aren't these politicians used to defending positions they don't believe in? What's going on here? I want to hear more conviction. <laughs> we're, we're used to taking positions we don't believe in. Right. That's right. <laughs> there you go. That sounds about right. All right, let's continue. We go to Iowa and Kentucky. Kentucky is getting two and a half points here, Governor. Let me tell you, there were more points scored in the Argentina-France World Cup game than there will be here. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take Iowa. I mean, just oh, nobody's playing for Kentucky. They're quarterback. They're good running back. We saw how bad they were uh, with without uh, the, the uh, running backs. So I'm going to take uh, – and the quarterback. I'm going to take uh, Iowa. You want Iowa. Okay, that means you get uh, Kentucky there, Alan. Yeah, and, and I pick Kentucky. So you I'm pick Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. So you feel good about that one. Uh, I didn't say I felt good. That's who I picked. That's who you picked. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, Pitt and UCLA. Governor, UCLA is favored by four and a half here. Yeah, and more UCLA players are playing than Pitt. They've got some people who've who've opted out. So I'm going to take UCLA in this game. UCLA. Governor's done some homework in preparation for bowl season. That's why he is the uh, multi-time Corn Cup winner. Uh, General, what do you think in this one? Well, I know what you th- – well, what do you think? But obviously you're taking Pitt, but what do you think? I, I'm, I'm, I was, I'd pick Pitt. So uh, you would take two Pitt. that we differed on. Okay, all nice. the others we were in the last two. Yeah. All right, let's go to LSU and Purdue. Uh, this is the biggest spread uh, that I've seen here in, the, in, in this slate of games I've got. 14-and-a-half. LSU is favored by 14-and-a-half, Governor. Yeah, a lot of opt-outs here, including the coach at Purdue. Uh, but 14 and a half is too many points for me in a bowl game. I'm going to take Purdue in the points. I think LSU will win, but mm-hmm. I think it'll be under 10. All right. Uh, General? LSU. <laughs> LSU, you got them. Michigan, TCU, we get to the playoffs here. Michigan, TCU out in uh, Phoenix. And it's TCU getting seven and a half. Is that nearly enough, Governor? No, Michigan. TCU's, Michigan. Uh, the, bu- the bubble burst here. Michigan's going to beat them handily. And, uh, Alan, uh, would you have taken TCU? Uh, no, I, was, I'm, I actually was going to take Michigan. Hmm. Okay. So, but, I mean, but I'm, you... I'm happy. Over. He, he, the governor took Michigan, so I got to switch mine. Yeah, yeah. You take TCU. Uh, Georgia and Ohio State in Atlanta, Governor? Never going to pick against Georgia, particularly playing a home game in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, so I'll take the Bulldogs. All right, you got them. And general, you'll be happy with Ohio State. Uh, well, it doesn't matter if I'm happy with them. That's what I'm taking, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the attorney general's starting to sound a little frustrated with the process. <laughs> you know, I am the judge here, and I get to make the rules in this particular court. Okay, so. That's well, the way we. I, I think we need some judicial. We need some judicial reform in South Carolina. That's all <laughs> I, say. I think we would all agree with that. <laughs> we would. We would all agree with that. I'm putting my name in to replace uh, Casey Manning, just so Dillon County can continue to be uh, represented in the state judicial <laughs> circuit. There. So, okay, that takes us to uh, the Gamecocks and the Tigers. We'll go first with the Gamecocks. They play the earlier game. They are. Uh, underdogs, uh, Notre Dame is favored by two. 
Governor? Yeah, no, it's been a magical season. I know we have all these opt-outs and people who aren't going to, you know, transferred, but uh, I'm going to pick the Gamecocks. This is going to be like a home game for us, and we're on a nice little run. So uh, I'll take Gamecocks. Gamecocks. General? Gamecocks. I, I'm, I'm with the governor on this one. This is the one I was holding out for. Um, and I was, I think Carolina's going to run this one. I'm, I'm very confident. Okay. You want me to give you the Gamecocks or do you want me to put Notre Dame down? Yep. No, you can put Carolina down. <laughs> Even though now this means that, you cannot win, you can only tie. Well, no, well, that, that's true. Um, but, you know, I've got to, we, we just happen to agree. I'm going to stick with this one. <laughs> okay. All right. And that brings us to Clemson and Tennessee. And it's um, let's see. Tennessee is getting uh, five and a half here. Uh, Clemson is the favorite. Tennessee is getting five and a half. Governor, what do you think? Yeah, this is a hard one for me. I, I think I'm going to take Clemson. I, um, you know, Dabo's teams really play well in ball games, and and I think um, their poor showing there at the end of the year is going to be enough to to, to uh, cause them to to beat uh, Tennessee by at least a touchdown. So I'll take the Tigers. Taking the Tigers. General, what do you think? Well, I, that was my original pick, but I'm going to go with Tennessee, obviously. Um, uh, honestly, obviously, I have to go with Tennessee, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, it'll, I think it'll be a close ball game. I think both of them with the Gamecocks and uh, the Tigers are going to be close games. Okay, so we are uh, disagreeing, well, forced to disagree on every game except for that Gamecock game. Uh, General will give you a chance to amend that if you want to so you could, you know, if you win all ten, you claim the championship. Otherwise, best you can do is tie. Well, Phil, can I go back and amend the last several weeks? <laughs> last couple of weeks. <laughs> hey, listen, this, this, yeah, I just had – I fell apart at the end of the season. The governor's the second-half guy, and he just really – I mean, he did such a great job these last uh, few weeks, you know, from October forward. I hope y'all invite me back next year so I can redeem myself if it doesn't work out this weekend. You always have an invitation. You know, the governor, he's like the Gamecocks, man. They got hot. They got hot down the stretch, and uh, he's a hot picker. They're a hot team. He's a hot picker. Well, well, I will say this. One thing I'm taking out of tonight is I know the governor and I are going to be uh, going out next year for Halloween in a joint costume. We're going to go as the characters from Dumb and Dumber. Uh, so you'll see us. <laughs> and we're riding. And I'm not going to tell you who's dumb and who's dumber. I'll there you go. That yeah, out. we'll we'll see who's riding in the front and who's riding in the back. Okay, that tells us a lot right there. Gentlemen, it's been a it's been a pleasure once again. We really appreciate you joining us every week, every Friday night, giving us a little bit of your time. And I know you're two busy men with important things, important items on the agenda to take a little bit of time out to visit with us. We always appreciate it. And have a great New Year's, and we'll talk to you in 23, and good luck to you this weekend. Hey, happy New Year to both of you. Y'all take care. You too, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. And thank you, Attorney General Alan Wilson. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation that he was in because I mean, there's no, there was no sense for him, right, Smitty? There's no sense for him to pick the same winners as the governor if he was ever going to have a chance to catch up, right? He had to take the, uh, the opposing pick. Yep, but he took the Gamecocks because that is where his heart lies. And you mm. know what? That's called reaching across the aisle, Corn. We just haven't seen it so long in politics that we're not used to it. But that's yeah. just 
two politicians getting on the same page and trying to pass, uh, you know, nonpartisan, uh, you know, bills. But that, yeah. that's what we haven't seen. But it, it is a tough spot to be in. It's the same spot I put you in, frankly, about three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. What spot was that? You're talking yeah. about we were, we were picking games. What was what spot was that? Yeah, the, the game. Yeah, the, the games we're picking. Yes. Yeah. Well, you you've just blown everybody away. I mean, it's not even it's not even fun for the rest of us. You know, when I take a look at the Palmetto Pigskin Pick'em well, Challenge, I mean, is is you've got a nine game lead. The only person who has a chance to catch you is uh, the money coach Fran Halloran. He's thirty eight and he 32. might two. Who else? No, I said he might. He might. But oh. you know what? You've got a chance here at the end, Corn. I plan. I, I brought some guys up from the farm system, so I'm playing young guys this week as we yeah. close out. I'll need picks. more than that. I mean, I'll need a complete – well, I can't catch you. I'm 12 games behind. I, there's not enough games. Not enough. I'm running out of time. I mean, I didn't – I didn't lose. I just ran out of time. What can I say? Smitty's uh, taking it easy on us, Corn. I think he, he just told us he's, he's already taken a knee, and we're still in the third quarter here. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey, I tell you what. Maybe I wrapped up first place, but it's like college football. There's more than just one winner, right? I mean, you could still win the Gasparilla Bowl. You can go to Birmingham, <laughs> you know. That's right. You're playing in the CFP, and – and we're playing in the Bahama Bowl. That's kind of where we are. Yes, that's I understand that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to the governor and the AG for being with us. Let's hit the break. I'll come back and uh, and give you my picks. We've gotten uh, Smitty's. We've gotten Chris's. We've gotten um, what's his name, uh, Pat. Uh, and so we'll come back. I'll give you my picks, uh, and we'll go over the picks of the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge panel as well. And then in our second hour. I will hear from uh, folks with the Gamecocks and the Tigers. Also, uh, football uh, chalk talk. We'll have our chalk talk session tonight with Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. They give us their expert analysis of what's going to happen. Back in a moment. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. Thank you. Thank you for world-traveling rocket scientists. For tires bigger than your grandma's house for 3D printing research, for artists in residency. Thank you for all the things that take us to the next level. Thank you for playing the lottery, for funding scholarships, for funding grants, for funding innovation in this state. Thank you, the South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. 
Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Uh, that's music. That's good music for this segment. I spent the afternoon at South Beach. Had a little lunch down there. That's an awesome uh, spot on this planet uh, is South Beach. If you've uh, never been there, I, I suggest that you, you make it down there at least one time because um, pretty cool place. Great restaurants, terrific uh, landscaping, the beach right there. A lot of fun. Traffic is uh Traffic is a bear going in and out of Miami. Traffic is a bear. I imagine it's like that 365 days a year because, what, it's always – it was 83 degrees in Miami today, and it's uh, New Year's. So I imagine it's warm here all the time for the most part, and there's tons of people heading into that direction. So that music kind of had me uh, fired up for uh, giving my picks coming off uh, taking a visit to uh, South Beach. So anyway, here's what I've got. You've heard from the others. Now you hear from the best. So we'll go with South Carolina Notre Dame. The Gamecocks are getting two. I wrestled with this one. I, I'm concerned about the Gamecocks' ability to stop to run in this game. We know that they give up a lot, a lot of yards on the ground. It makes sense to pick Notre Dame because of that. I, you know, the feeling that they can just line up and control the football and, and wear down a Gamecock defense that has lost some uh, some players, especially um, a two up front and a um, handful in the secondary. So I'm, I'm concerned about that from a South Carolina standpoint. Um, conversely, I think South Carolina's got the better quarterback in this ballgame. Uh, I think they've got the best receiver in the ballgame. The question is, what kind of defense is Marcus Freeman going to dial up to try to nullify Antoine Wells? South Carolina's got the better special teams. I think that will play a role once again. With that being said, said it once before that the Gamecocks would beat Clemson on a field goal. And I'm going to say the Gamecocks are going to beat Notre Dame on a field goal late in the fourth quarter. I see this one going to the wire. <clears throat> the Gamecocks are favored by two. I take the two points. I think they're going to win on a field goal. They're going to beat Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. And the final score is going to be 27-24, to 24, South Carolina. Clemson, Tennessee, this one was a tough one as well. Tennessee's getting five and a half in this one. Uh, again, both teams, uh, new quarterbacks uh, stepping into uh, the biggest uh, game for each of them in their, for their respective teams. I know that uh, Joe Milton had some big games when he was at Michigan as the starter there. But this will be the biggest game for him at Tennessee. And, of course, uh, for Clemson with the, the freshman, uh, Cade Klubnick stepping in now, having everything on his shoulders. How is he going to respond there? I am a little bit concerned from a Clemson standpoint about that. Um, 
I'm a little bit concerned from a Clemson standpoint about uh, their defense dealing with uh, what Tennessee can do offensively. I know they're down a couple of receivers, but they have all their running backs back. I think Tennessee may even try and lean more on their running game with those good running backs, uh, Wright and Small in particular. I think they might lean more on their running game uh, and, and try and not make Milton be you know, a guy that's got to throw it 30 times if they can avoid that. Will they have success running the football against Clemson? I think they, they just might. Uh, Tennessee is still good up front with um, the big offensive lineman, uh, Darnell Wright, running behind him. Uh, he's a standout player for them. Uh, and, again, defensively, now Tennessee has had its issues defensively this year. I was talking to a buddy of mine, a reporter, covers Tennessee, saying they were downright, as he put it, downright awful on defense, and uh, they've, they've given up some points uh, here and there in some games. Their offense has always kind of bailed them out. Will their offense bail them out this time? I just don't know about Klubnik. I, you know, I'm not a hype eater. I hear the hype. I hear the talk. i got to see it first, okay? I've seen some good Klubnik. I've seen some not-so-good Klubnik. That being said, give me Tennessee and the five-and-a-half, and – I think the Vols are going to win this thing straight up, to be honest with you. In a close one in the fourth quarter, give me Tennessee 30-27. to 27. Tennessee over Clemson 30-27. to 27. As far as some of our other picks of the bowl season, uh, most everybody is taking uh, Florida State to beat Oklahoma. doesn't look so smart right now. Uh, most are taking NC State to beat Maryland. Everybody's taking Alabama to beat Kansas State. Looks like most are taking Kentucky to beat Iowa. UCLA is the pick of most of us to uh, defeat Pitt. Most of us are taking LSU over Purdue. We like Michigan as a group over TCU. Georgia uh, as a group over Ohio State. Uh, most are taking the Gamecocks, and looks like most of us are taking the Tigers. And we'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, welcome back in, everybody, here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Network on the eve of the eve of New Year's Eve, right? New Year's Eve is on Saturday, so that makes us the eve of the eve of the eve of New Year's, or the eve of the eve of New Year's Eve. However you want to look at it, don't know, no, don't even know why I'm going there. This is because I have nothing else to add at this moment. Phil Cornblut and uh, Matt Smith and Pat Daniel with you. On this Thursday night, we're here in Fort Lauderdale. Smitty's in Jacksonville. And Pat is at our Dave and Buster's studios in downtown Columbia. Of course, don't forget Dave and Buster's. All the football games, all the college bowl games uh, being played over the next uh, several days. The NFL games coming up this weekend. Be sure to check them out at Dave and Buster's. Enjoy the great football, the great sports on all their televisions. Uh, throughout their uh, locations, and, of course, the terrific food as well. That's uh, Dave and Buster's in Columbia, Greenville, 
and uh, Myrtle Beach. Okay, uh, today was press conference day, both here in uh, Fort Lauderdale and in Jacksonville. Let's begin with the Tigers, Clemson, and uh, Tennessee. Head coaches Dabo Sweeney, Josh Heupel meeting with the media together in a setting where it's just the two of them up at a table and the media asking questions of the two coaches. Uh, the first one you'll hear is from a reporter asking a question of the Tennessee coach, Josh Heupel. Here we go. Oh, we're going to get to that in just a second then. Okay. Um, the Tennessee coach, Josh Heupel, who, if you ask me, looks a lot like uh, Brad Scott, a younger Brad Scott. Maybe in time, as he ages, he'll look like an older Brad Scott. Uh, but uh, he's done a heck of a job there at Tennessee, and he's got uh, an offense. He's got a game plan. He's got a system in place. Uh, he's got a big-time quarterback uh, coming in in this class with a huge arm and a huge reputation. We'll see how he does if that continues to uh, move uh, Tennessee forward. And here we go with the uh, press conference, uh, a bit of it today from here in uh, Fort Lauderdale with Tennessee and Clemson. You've got three uh, players opting out, uh, all good players. You've got your offensive coordinators gone, and you've recently had a quarterback change. In, in a regular season, you may have one of those changes in a given week. To have all of them at once, how, how is the challenge different for you as a coach, and how do you navigate all those changes within one game? Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, at the end of the day, that's kind of the landscape of what happens uh, at times in, in, inside your program. Um, when you're having success and, and um, uh, during the course of, of bowl season, you can see that uh, across the country. Uh, the unique thing is you have a couple extra weeks to prepare and, uh, and plan for those situations. You're not dealing with it in, in a seven-day span. Um, you know, we lost some really good players. I think that provides unique opportunity, and that's the tough thing and the great thing about college football is that essentially a quarter of your roster is, you know, graduating every single year. And so with that provides new opportunity to go make plays um, because you got more snaps on the football field, provides opportunities and leadership. Uh, it's the great thing about college football is that, you know, you're essentially um, building your uh, your roster and, and your football team every single January. And that's always true, but uh, I think in, in the landscape of college football, it, it's certainly true and, and uh, more ev evident, more prevalent now with the, the transfer portal, too. Hey, Dabo, this is Anna Adams with Clemson 24-7. Um, we saw Sheridan Jones not practicing yesterday. Just wanted to know if he was going to play in the Orange Bowl um, and if his career is done at Clemson. I'm not sure, Sheridan, he could come back. Uh, he, he's been dealing with a hip flexor. So it's going to be close. You know, he's one of those guys that's uh, played a lot. He's got a lot of experience, but uh, been battling a little bit. So we'll see. But as far as is, is he done at Clemson, he's declared this as his senior year all year. But as you know, um, a lot of these guys have, um, I guess we're going to deal with it for <clears throat> a couple more years, I guess, uh, with the COVID year. So I don't know if it's his last time. A lot of these guys are going to decide that after the game. Both of you were in a similar situation where one loss at the end of the year, you probably more likely would have been in, a, in the playoffs. So in, in that situation, is some teams find it hard to be motivated to play in this game because of the disappointment. How long did it take for you guys to get over that disappointment? And what were you able to do to keep them motivated and make sure that you know, this, was, this game was important to them? We, we had to reset the following week, and, and I think you guys played uh, the week after as well. Um, you know, the, the only reason we've gotten to this point, um, th these players didn't come into this and, and just inherit it. They've worked for it. Um, 
you know, from the moment that we got there on, on campus. And that's the competitive nature. It's their connection to one another. Uh, our players were able to reset. <clears throat> Was there disappointment? Absolutely. Um, uh, in that moment, and, and uh, you could feel it in the building when they came in uh, the following day uh, on Monday. Um, but uh, we're able to reset, and th- this is an important game uh, to our football team. We talk about finishing. We talk about legacy. Uh, this group that uh, you know is graduating and, and heading on, um, you know, this is a, a way to finish it and, and leave a strong legacy at, at Tennessee. Uh, at the same time, I think bowl games uh, in, in this era uh, are also about you know kicking off the the following season, and um, you know for all those things, uh, our kids' focus and energy out at practice has been uh, fantastic. Uh, I think it's important that you enjoy the bowl experience while you're here in South Florida, uh, but when you're in meetings and you're on a practice field, uh, you got to be dialed in and locked in. And, and uh, I really like how our guys have, have handled the week up until this point. Well, I mean, we manage, you got to manage the um, uh, disappointment. There's certainly disappointment anytime you lose a game. We all go into the season, want to win every game. And I think there's two teams maybe that are undefeated right now. So <clears throat> to have a great season, um, you have to manage success. You got to manage failure along the way. And so, um, yeah, when you look back at the end, like, man, you're. you're there's only four teams right now that get to go to the playoff, um, as you're alluding to there. But so disappointing in the moment. But for us, man, yeah, you go back to work. Uh, when you have, it, it hurts, you know. But you you, get, you come in on Sunday. And, you know, you don't have time to linger. Uh, we got a championship game the very next week <clears throat> to play a really good uh, North Carolina team, and so we reset, refocused, and um, you know, thankfully we had another game to play. So. Uh, that that certainly helps. And then as far as being motivated, um, both these teams have won 11 games. You don't, you don't go 11 and two if you're a team that, that doesn't have good leadership. And, um, you know, because it's hard to win. It's really hard to win. And uh, so to win 11 games in today's world in college football is, is, is special. It's, it's, just, it's a great season. And then to be able to come to the Orange Bowl and play, you know, uh, the sixth ranked team in the country. Uh, you turn on the tape, you get motivated real quick because uh, these guys are competitors. You know, both teams, you got guys that like to play. I mean, that's why they play football. They don't play football to whatever they play, but they like to play the game. And so it's a chance to go play the game. And not only that, you get to do it at a venue like this, at Hard Rock Stadium. I mean, are you kidding me? And you're playing one of the best teams in the country. So turn the tape on, you watch these dudes run. Yeah, you'll get motivated real quick. Joe, what have you seen from Joe Milton in embracing this opportunity, and, and how important is Friday's performance in terms of the, the quarterback competition to come? Yeah, uh, I mean, Friday's important because, you know, this is the last game for this football team this season, and, and uh, uh, it's the, the, the end of, of uh, that culmination. Um, we're going to have competition at every position uh, next spring. In our program, you got to go out and, and earn it and take it uh, every single day, and that's true at the quarterback position as well. And, and uh, everybody inside that room understands and, and knows that Joe's been been great all season long. Um, you know, I, I think it's a unique story in today's atmosphere inside of college football uh, that someone is that talented and, and has had you know uh, some success uh, at the quarterback position uh, ends up you know being moved to the number two spot. 
you know, sees that there's value in the staff cares about me, the staff can help develop me, uh, I can perform inside of this offense, and, and uh, um, you know, my traits fit this, and, and I got to stay the course because I need to grow, you know, and that can be mentally, it can be emotionally, it can be fundamentally. Um, I, I think, you know, in today's world for a young man to see that and be able to say, hey, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to compete every single day with Hendon or whoever that young man might be, uh, and to handle it the right way is, is, uh, is a great story. And uh, He's prepared like he's going to be the starter uh, all offseason, all training camp, all season long. Uh, he's continued to grow. We're playing a great opponent, great defense. Uh, it's going to take all 11 to, to go out there and perform at a high level uh, tomorrow. But I'm excited to, to see Joe go compete, man, and uh, excited for this opportunity for him. Josh, uh, a couple things. One, how much of an adjustment is it for you to go back to calling plays? Uh, it's not. That, like for, for us as a staff, uh, we go through that uh, process um, every single week. We go through it on game day. Um, you know, the <coughs> fact that you know, Joey and I have been together for you know, 15 plus years. Glenn and I have been for, here, together for, I think, seven years. Um, you know, the communication on game day is seamless and, and uh, you know, excited for this one. And have you started the process of interviewing for an offensive coordinator? Yeah, we'll, we'll do all of that, uh, handle all of that uh, on the back end of, of the bowl season. Just everything that's going on inside of college football, um, you know, after the regular season finishes, um, we'll handle all that at the tight end position here on the, uh, the back end of this bowl game. You mentioned earlier this month the pressure that comes with being a starting quarterback. Just, Kay, what have you seen from him these last few weeks as the guy um, that makes you so confident that, as you just said, he is the guy? The yeah, quarterback? well, I mean, he's um, he's been great. It's been a blessing that he's had a couple, two or three weeks here to just kind of settle in and, um, you know, uh, lead. Uh, but he's he's really not any different. I mean, he's just a kid that's, He's always on. He's always got a ton of energy. <clears throat> he's a, he loves to play. He loves to practice. I mean, he's just one of those guys that really loves the game. So uh, he's embraced it, and uh, he's done a great job with it. He's excited about it. He's, he's uh, worked really hard to get to this point and knows he has a huge challenge ahead. But uh, just, you know, a lot more comes with it that he's had to manage. But I think he's done a good job. Back here, Coach. Uh, Vince Ferrar, 99.1, the sports animal in Knoxville. One question for each of you. Uh, Dabble, you have a player from Knoxville, Catholic, and Brian Tucker. Can you talk about his development? Yeah, he's one of those guys, <clears throat> developmentally, uh, redshirt sophomore, kind of, you know, uh, in that process of, of growing and maturing into what we think he can be. Big, strong kid, uh, you know, great family. <clears throat> has played a little bit um, on some special teams for us. He's starting on our, our field goal team there, and he's played a little bit at, at guard. He plays both guards. Uh, like for him to learn to snap this spring, that's something that we, we'd like to see out of him as well. But, you know, just a guy that's in that process of maturing and, and uh, hopefully becoming um, a good player for us down the road. All right, Dabo Sweeney, uh Foghorn Leghorn there. He sounded like dealing with some hoarseness there going into the ball game tomorrow. And Josh Heupel, coach at Tennessee, going to go to the break and we'll come back and hear from the Gamecock and Irish side of things. We'll have a little recruiting for you as well. And coming up in our next half hour, an edition of Chalk Talk with Ellis Johnson and Chuck Reedy. A lot to do here over the next uh, 
50 minutes or so, 40 minutes or so of our program tonight. And we'll be back after this break. Don't go away. You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible. Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life. Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states. Life. It has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. All right, continuing our previews of the uh, big bowl games tomorrow, Clemson, Tennessee here in um, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, the Orange Bowl actually in what they call Miami Gardens, and South Carolina and Notre Dame in Jacksonville in the Gator Bowl, the afternoon game tomorrow. The Gamecocks met with the media today. Carry on Joyner, Spencer Rattler, uh, Shane Beamer, the head coach, listened to a little bit about what they had to say beginning with a question to Beamer about why he doesn't allow players who've told him and have entered the transfer portal, uh, why he doesn't allow them to play in the bowl game after they put their names into the transfer portal. Here's Shane Beamer on that and more. Shane, uh, do you have a, a policy as far as when guys enter the transfer portal, do, do they have an opportunity to come back, or if somebody wants to enter the transfer portal, could they play in the bowl game for you? Just what are your kind of overall thoughts on, on that? 
Yeah, um, in regards to entering the portal and playing, no, I don't let them, you know, whether that's right, wrong, indifferent, that's just kind of how I feel to me. I don't want somebody that's like one foot in and one foot out. And frankly, I had a couple, we had a couple of the players that on our team that entered the portal and asked me if they could enter the portal and still play in the bowl game. And I told them, no, that you're either with us or you're not. And I don't mean that in a negative way like I wish everyone well but I don't want somebody down here that's already spending half their time thinking about where their next stop is and things like that and uh, in regards to entering the portal and coming back I think each situation is is different I'll say this I mean the guys that are in the portal for us or have entered the portal I tell them and I'll help you in any way if you want me to reach out to somebody I'm glad to help you and I will but I don't continue to have contact with them where I'm texting them and calling them asking them to, to come back you know if they enter the portal for a reason and if for whatever reason they want to reach back out and talk about coming back then we can have that conversation but haven't had that with anyone yet and and I wouldn't say I anticipate it this year either and again I wish them well I mean a lot of those guys I get texts from and whether it guys that left last year or Jason Brown, EJ Jenkins that I still hear from are guys that are, you know, in the portal now. I mean, I'm pulling for them, and they got to do what's best for them as far as their situations, but I've always got to do what's best for the South Carolina football team program. Uh, we're talking a lot about the X's and O's, but can you just describe the experience and what it's been like this week? You guys went to top golf, the Navy experience. Can you speak to that? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, that's why I'm a bowl game guy and love bowl games and what they mean to college football. Uh, for sure, and uh, you know, I've been a part of a lot of different bowl games, and this bowl is first class with the way that they do things and the excitement level here. I think they've done a great job of <clears throat> giving our guys activities and things to do, but then also giving them their free time. We're staying out by the beach, and that's been great, and and uh, we've really enjoyed it. And and to me, that's what you know. Bowl games are you're there to win a football game, and it's a lot of work, but they're needs to be some fun and some enjoyment as well because these guys have you know worked their butts off to to get to this point and you know the fact that we were one and two at one point and and I was getting asked questions about whether this team had given up and and quit and since that point I think we're what seven and two since that point they've earned the right to be here because of their leadership and the way that they've played so we want we're here to win a football game but we want them to have some fun and have a chance to finish this season the right way because of all the hard work they've put into getting to a bowl game uh, like the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. And and uh, that's exactly what this week has been. You know, and, I, and it's no surprise. My dad coached in five of these, I think, as a coach at Virginia Tech, <clears throat> five Gator Bowls. And I know every time he came, he had an amazing experience, and it's only gotten better with uh, Greg and, and the rest of his staff's leadership. Spencer, going off what Shane just said, a lot of players opt out this time of year. You still have a decision to make. Why was playing this bowl game so important for you? Why did you kind of decide to just go out there? <clears throat> um, I mean, it's just like it's the right thing to do. Like we put in all this work throughout the season. Um, these are this is family. These are my brothers up here um, playing for Coach Beamer. Just we want to finish this thing out right, you know, for this season with this team. And, um, you know, we put in a lot of hard work in the off season and in the season, and uh, we're excited uh, to cap this thing off with a with a big big game tomorrow. Spencer, you know, Juice has talked a little bit about, you know, your decision kind of being a factor in his decision. Just how important is 
you know, having that connection between the two of you, especially in a game like this where you're a little thin at, you know, running back, tight end, some of those other skill positions? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, Juice is a, a big-time weapon for us, um, just like DK and a lot of these other guys um, on the team. So he's definitely a factor for us. He's been working his tail off this week. Um, you know, I, I'd say neither of us are thinking about our decision right now. Our focus is what can we do to help this team the most tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we've been preparing. we got another day today out on the field, so all of us are going to sharpen it up today and then roll in tomorrow confident and, and ready to go. All right, that's some of what the Gamecocks had to say. Let's listen in to uh, Marcus Freeman. Notre Dame, they had a separate press conference with players, and here is the head coach of the Irish talking about the, uh, the Gamecock team, what he expects to see from them, and what's impressed him about Shane Beamer at South Carolina. You know, when you prepare to play a team, you, you want to prepare to play the best, right? They're, what you've seen them put on film being their best, and I think the last two games they've shown that they can beat any team in the country. And so that's our preparation. That's our challenge. We're saying that's the team we're going to face, and uh, we'll see what what happens tomorrow, but that's what our pre mental preparation has to be. See, so how would you assess where Tyler is right now, Bucker, and how, how prepared is he for tomorrow? I think he's ready to roll. Um, you know, you talk about a guy that hasn't played football for probably week two to week 12, right? And so um, he, he obviously had some time where he wasn't on the practice field. But, you know, after I think today's practice 14, um, you know, after 14 practices, I think he's ready to roll. Uh, and he's been um, magnificent in practice. He's done a great job of leading the offense. And, and which, to me, it's not just throwing the ball, right? When you're the quarterback at Notre Dame, it's gaining the confidence of those guys around you. You're the leader of that group. Um, and, and I think he's done a good job of continuing to earning the trust of these guys um, that are surrounding him in that offensive huddle. Marcus, what have you seen from the receivers in, in sort of building that chemistry with Tyler Buckner again and sort of trying to take advantage of this opportunity with a new without Michael Mayer in the passing game and being the center of that? Yeah, you know, you, you lose that, that crutch. Right. At some points, you when in doubt, you throw the ball to 87. Well, he's not out there. And uh, I've seen it, it's been excellent to see what Coach Stuckey has done with that wide receivers room and see those guys elevate and, and truly take advantage of those opportunities. And so you never know on any certain passing concept or pass call um, that if your number is going to be called. So you have to make sure you're running your routes and you're precise in what you're doing, expect to get the ball. And so it's been good to see those guys in practice. Listen, we've had a lot of competitive situations, and, and that's kind of been the focus for me for this bowl prep is saying let's, let's go good on good because nowadays with opt-outs and with guys not playing, you don't know what you're going to see. You don't, and this game's going to be about our preparation and what we do. And so you've been able to see our wideouts compete against our, our DBs, ones versus ones in competitive situations, and uh, they're doing a really good job, and I'm, I'm excited to see them play tomorrow. All right, Marcus Freeman, coach of the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, getting his team ready to uh, take on the Gamecocks. Gamecocks are certainly ready to take on the Irish and see if they can uh, gain another huge win for them this 2022 season. Hit the break. Be back with more recruiting and the uh, Chalk Talk coming up. Listen. I got Chalk Talk coming up momentarily with Coach Reedy, Coach Johnson. 
and get their final thoughts on the bowl games tomorrow and everything else going on in college football. Before we get to them, we give you a little bit of recruiting information on this Thursday night. And our recruiting report is brought to you by Seawells. Reminder, Seawells will be back open next week with the daily luncheon buffet from 11 till 2. Get over there and enjoy. And for the very best in the catering business on an everyday basis, that is the Seawells family. They've been at it for nearly 80 years. They can do what they've done for thousands of people in the Midlands and around the state. Just give them a call. Let them help you with your catering needs at 803-771-7385, online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. Little update on 2024 offensive tackle Blake Franks of Greenville tells us he's going to take an unofficial visit to USC on January 21st and Clemson on January 28th. Auburn is also a possibility for a visit in January. Again, he's looking at a date in February, possibly the 7th, for making his announcement. Clemson offered 2024 cornerback Ashton Hampton 6'2, 175 out of Tallahassee. He also plays receiver, Florida State, West Virginia, Kentucky, Tulane, some of his other offers. 2024 offensive tackle Cam Pringle of Woodland took to Twitter last night to clear the air on any rumors that he's a commitment to a school. Quote, I am not committed to any school silently or publicly. My recruitment is still 100% open unless you hear otherwise from myself. End quote. And today he received an offer Hmm. from Miami. And now I feel see. bad about starting that rumor, Corey. Shame on you, Smitty. Shame on you. 2024 <laughs> safety KJ Bolden of Buford, Georgia, plans to name his favorites on New Year's Day. I'm sure Coach Reedy and Coach Johnson will be sitting by for that. Clemson and USC are among his long list of offers. 2024 receiver Jonathan Paler of Burlington, North Carolina, USC and Clemson target. He was offered by Colorado. 2024 receiver Boo Carter of Chattanooga named the top five of Ohio State, Oregon, Colorado, Tennessee, and Michigan. And Clemson was on his previous short list, no longer on that list. USC target 2024 tight end Caleb Odom of Carrollton, Georgia, was offered by Georgia Tech. And Clemson's had some interest in him. 2024 linebacker TJ Capers of Miami, who was offered by USC, named a final five of Miami, Colorado, Georgia, Southern Cal, and Louisville, seeing more and more Colorado popping up on the list of some major prospects. And as I mentioned earlier, graduate transfer offensive tackle Marcellus Johnson of Eastern Michigan was offered by USC as a grad transfer, and he's picked up some other offers today. I don't know if he just recently went into the transfer portal or not, but um, he now is starting to get uh, that interest from some of the uh, bigger schools. Uh, well, maybe not so much some bigger schools. Troy has also offered him. Uh, South Carolina, as I mentioned, offered him. Eastern Kentucky has offered him. And University of Kentucky, he lists today. BYU offered him today. So um, he went into the portal. Well, he went into the portal today. He tweeted out the information from the Eastern Michigan compliance office that he had put in for his uh, transfer. So he just went in today, and South Carolina jumped on him, and we'll see where this leads. Looks like the Gamecocks 
Might be one of his better offers thus far, and we'll see where that leads. There you go with recruiting tonight here on Sports Talk, brought to you by Seawells. Okay, time now to get some uh, expert, veteran, well-thought-out analysis of the two bowl games tomorrow, South Carolina against Notre Dame, Clemson against Tennessee. For that, there's only one place to turn anywhere in the world, two of the greatest minds to ever don a headset, to walk a sideline, to sit in a press box, to offer a recruit. They are Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson. Gentlemen, great to have you with us. Chuck, hope you had great holidays. Happy New Year to you, and thank you for joining us once again. Well, thank you, Phil, everything. We had great holidays. Hope you did as well, and uh, it's good to be with you. Yeah, which island did y'all go to this time? No, no, we're mm-hmm. in the mountains. We're we're <laughs> actually at Sugar Mountain. Uh, we're going to be here actually till tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, very nice. Everything's good. <laughs> Are you skiing? Are you skiing up there? No, no. You know better than that. I'm I'm a lot smarter than that now. <laughs> no. I don't my blame age, you. No, I'm not getting on the slopes. I understand. No. Uh, Coach Johnson, I hope you had a a restful, calm, peaceful Christmas and looking forward to a great New Year's. It was fun, a little bit quiet, and that's good too, but uh, hopefully looking forward to a good New Year's. And watching a lot of football, huh? I have watched a lot, but I haven't watched a lot of complete games. It's it's just so hard to to stay there and just watch a whole game, but it's been some pretty good games on. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's dive into what we got coming up tomorrow, guys. Uh, Chuck, let's begin <clears throat> with South Carolina and uh, Notre Dame as they play in the uh, afternoon tomorrow in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. Uh, boy, that's an area you know well. You, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, kind of grew up in the area, and I know you recruited that area uh, over many, many years. And uh, and the game. Before we talk about the game. Just the Gator Bowl. I mean, I know it's not part of the playoff and all that, but still, I think the Gator Bowl still resonates with longtime college football fans as one of the better bowl games every year. Well, it does. And if you go back, you know, and Ellis is old enough to remember this as well, you might be too, but there were the four major bowls, the Rose, the Orange, the the Cotton, um, and which one am I leaving? Sugar, <laughs> the sugar, but in, the, 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 in the sugar. Where, where you, you know, are on and, the mountain, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and 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 then the fifth one was the Gator Bowl. I mean, you know, the, there were the four big ones, and the Gator Bowl was the next one. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so it's got a great tradition, uh, and great history, and um, no, it's a great. And Jacksonville does a great job, you know, uh, with the, with the bowl. So it's a great trip, and um, you know, and it's also. You know, it, it's a good thing South Carolina playing there. When I was at Clemson, I think we played there three or four times. And, you know, it, it, it's good being down there. It's a great recruiting area. So it's it's really good to be there and, and, and be able to spend a week there and, and, and you know, get you know get your name is out. And, and there's a lot of, uh, of good publicity that you get. So it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about the matchup because um, you, you look at it, you know, South Carolina, a hot team going in. Guys, um, back-to-back wins over top ten teams, a chance to win a a fourth game over a ranked team this year if they could knock off Notre Dame. Chuck, what do you see offensively 
uh, for the Gamecocks, um, how they're how they might match up with this Notre Dame team, and uh, considering what they don't have on offense, how they're going to compensate for that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it's really going to be tough for them. I mean, you you lose, um, you know, your your best running back, and and you know, Bell, you know, obviously. Um, you know, one of their better athletes. I mean, those guys are, you know, not there, um, you know, so, and Josh Van is out. So they're, they're missing some key people, you know, and I, you know, I just think it's going to, I think it's going to be tough for them. Um, you know, I, you know, certainly, um, you know, McDowell, I've always thought, you know, the guy, you know, is very explosive and he'll make some big plays. You know, he's just not an every down guy because of his size, but, um, you know, it, it, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if Rattler, you know, plays the way that he did, you know, the last two or three games, um, you know, last couple of games, you know, they've got a chance. But, you know, I think it's going to be tough. I think Notre Dame, you know, obviously they're without their quarterback. But, you know, other than that, you know, they're a very, I think, a very solid physical football team. Yeah. Uh, Ellis, defensively, if you're Marcus Freeman <clears throat> and you're Notre Dame, you're looking at the South Carolina offense, and as Chuck mentioned, the guys that they don't have, and they got really one superb receiver in Wells. Do you do you put an extra amount of attention on Wells and, and try to take him out? And, and if somebody else, if a Leggett or so, some other receiver beats you, so be it, but you put more maybe a double team or more emphasis on him? They may have something, I guess, in obvious past situations where they have uh, some added you know, attention on him, either doubling him if he's the outside guy, safety over the top, et cetera. Um, I think the bigger problem is Notre Dame's offensive line. Uh, that's what gave Clemson trouble, and Clemson's defensive front, talent-wise, is as good as there is in the country. So I think the, I think the game, the key to it is going to be in the trenches because, as, as Chuck already mentioned, Rattler doesn't have a lot of his weapons. Uh, on the other hand, if, if they can't dominate up front and get the Rattler, he's the best quarterback in the game for sure. And uh, I think Notre Dame's got a problem scoring. You know, and I, I, I don't think Carolina has a lot of guys missing on defense. They may have one or two to put in the portal or something, but they weren't critical guys. And they're in pretty good shape defensively going in. And if Notre Dame cannot control the box, uh, whoever they're going to play at quarterback may have a rough day. You know, Ellis, we hear a lot of, you know, Notre Dame is going to try to run the football. We hear a lot as, as football fans and media members about stopping the run and kind of, you know, committing extra personnel to the box. But can you give us anything technical about what we would look for? I mean, do you walk linebackers into the gaps? What what do you do other than just putting guys on the line of scrimmage that we can see that when a, when a defense is trying to, quote, stop the run? Well, you have to hope that you're, you know, you're three down, four down, you know, whoever's on the line of scrimmage can hold point and be physical enough to play with that bunch. And that's going to be a big question because South Carolina this year has not been really good against the run, especially consistently. So I think that Notre Dame has an advantage in that area. But as you already mentioned, basically we had two approaches. If we knew we weren't physically able to control that box with six guys or however many, you know, we need. Uh, to hold one gap each, then we had to bring an extra safety down. You know, that that would load the box. Or we ran a lot of fire zones. And they. I learned over the years it wasn't a good pass situation call because there's too much space in the zones, in the fire zone. And most of the time when you only bring five, 
most good teams can protect it and get the ball out. So we're using a lot more to disrupt the run and then still have your secondary with their eyes on the ball where they can prevent breakout runs. And that's the only two things that we had a solution for because as good as we were up front in the years I was at Carolina athletically, we weren't a big, top, big, strong physical front. We were an athletic front that was you know, kind of built for third down. Uh, we we love it when you talk techno defensive football with us, uh, Ellis. That's uh, that's always a highlight. That's what my players called. It was it was really it was really junior high football, but they called it techno. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm glad I got down to the junior high level with you. That's great, Ellis Johnson and Chuck Reedy here with us on uh, Chalk Talk. All right, uh, Chuck. We turn our attention to Clemson. In Tennessee, uh, and it's the dawning of the new era at quarterback for Clemson. And here we go with the next uh, savior, the next generational guy at quarterback. The previous one, I guess, you know, it's that's one of the most interesting stories, I think, of the year in college football. Here's a guy in Uyangalale who won a ton of games, and he, he had, you know, he, he passed for about 6,000 yards in his career. He rushed for about 1,000 yards. And I guess his downfall was just too many mistakes, too many mental errors, not protecting the football. And now they put the hands, the ball in the hands of a of a true freshman here, and they say go win the Orange Bowl and then lead us back to the playoffs next year. Yeah, it, you, you you're right. I mean, it, it's a, a fascinating scenario the whole year. Um, you know, and and you know as we have talked many times before. Uh, you know, Clemson, they were not afraid, and, and I say Clemson, I'm, I guess I'm talking about Dabba, mm-hmm. they weren't afraid to go with Sean Watson early. They weren't afraid to go with Trevor Lawrence early. But um, with Klubnik, you know, I mean, we, we haven't seen much of him all year. And, and uh, you know, and, and you know, and he doesn't get in the game at all against South Carolina, which may have been one of the worst games that, that DJ played in his whole career at, at, at Clemson. And, 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 you know, he goes in against North Carolina and is the MVP of the game. So, you know, you wonder, I mean, what, you know, why, you know, why were they, why were they hesitant to give him an opportunity earlier in the, in the year? I don't, you know, none of us on in this conversation have the answer to that. Um, you know, and, and now, you know, I mean, of course, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, obviously the guy played great against, you know, North Carolina, um, you know, and, uh, he's already being touted for the Heisman next year. I mean, you know, let's, <laughs> let's see what he does as the starter, uh, you know, in a bowl game. I mean, obviously he was impressive against North Carolina, but, you know, let, let's see what he does this, you know, this, uh, tomorrow night. Um, but you know, uh, no, it's, it's very, it's just an interesting scenario and a lot of second guessing, uh, you know, um, uh, why they didn't give him an opportunity earlier, you know, Clemson very well could be sitting, you know, they could be playing Michigan mm-hmm. on, on Saturday, yeah. you know, all they needed to do was beat South Carolina and they're the number three seed playing in the playoffs. And, uh, but you know, the guy never had a chance against South Carolina. So, uh, anyway, very yeah. interesting, and, and can't wait to see what he's going to do tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and I'm sure Clemson fans are banging their heads against the wall over that same point that you just made. Now, Ellis, as Coach pointed out, um, 
he he the, the quarterback uh, Clemson he he made a, a fine showing when he went in after a couple of series. Uh, Klubnik uh, had a couple after a couple of series with Uyangalale against North Carolina. Then Klubnik takes over, and he had a really good game against North Carolina. I think we've seen all season long just how bad North Carolina's defense is. Not taking anything away from Klubnik's performance. Now I know Tennessee's defense. They're they're all about offense at Tennessee, and their defense has had its struggles this year. Not sure if they're much better than North Carolina's, but I think they are. So you're a defensive coordinator. Now you've got some real video, some real film to look at on Klubnik coming off that North Carolina game. How do you think the Vols are going to approach him? You know, What do you do defensively to try to offset what he might bring to the table? Well, during the times I've seen Tennessee during this season, and the only time I watched them for a reasonable length of time was against Alabama. It was such a great game, but I saw bits and pieces here and there. And what I kept seeing is the defense made critical stops at critical times. They weren't very consistent. They weren't devastating. They certainly didn't win any games for them. But they would play them, you know, downhills. What I call it, they would play them with the lead a lot of the times. I think their scheme is good for what their personnel is. They do a lot of slanting, stunning, bringing those fifth guys uh, on the on the fire zones and things, and and. Uh, trying to play to their secondary strength because they're not a big, strong physical front. And I thought they did a reasonably good job during the season. Uh, I think one reason that, that Carolina exploded on them was they, uh, they could get uh, Rattler out of the box. And he, he was he was fantastic out of the box. That's how he beat Clemson. Now, Clemson held until the uh, after the safety when they got the football at midfield on, on return. Everybody put them to sleep. Hmm. Couldn't run the ball inside between the tackles, and they couldn't protect Rattler. They started moving him out of the box with pull-ups and then even him scrambling on his own, and it was devastating because he was able to make plays. I don't know if Clevenick can do that, but I think that's what they're going to find out. And I don't Not to, re, to go back on the thing, but I, I think we asked the question a while ago, why was Clemson slow to put him in? They watch him in practice every day, and I remember seeing him against Syracuse. He, he didn't make any plays. He got hit on the sideline. got a 15-yard penalty. It was his biggest game. I think he completed one pass. I don't know. He goes in against Notre Dame and gives the other team a touchdown on his second rep. So I guess what I'm trying to say on that particular subject, I'm defending Dabo. Everybody criticizes for not bringing the guy in. He obviously showed he wasn't ready. And he did have a great game against North Carolina. If you go back two years ago, Ungalay put up over 400 yards against Notre Dame as a starter. Hmm. And then the next year, he was kind of questionable. And this year, he's kind of questionable and ends up getting pulled. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Who is Kay Klebnik? And is it going to be a repeat of what happened with DJ? Uh, you know, a couple of fabulous starts as a young guy, and then all of a sudden, it's your hands. You can't carry the water. Hmm. Who knows? But I, I, I kind of defend Dabo on the quarterback thing. I think that he made the changes when he could make the changes, and, and I, I agree with Chuck 100%. There was a lack of confidence to make that change, but I think we know why. You know, and Chuck, to springboard off of that about Kate Klubnick not playing earlier, but now he is playing, I really wonder, are there things in football that – you have to see in gameplay. In other words, we've been discussing maybe Cade Klubnick throws a slightly more catchable ball than DJ, and that's the kind of thing that comes out maybe under the lights more than it does under the sun of practice. Well, yeah, there there, there are guys that um, 
that are gamers. I mean, they, they, they don't look great in practice, but when you put them in a game, um, you, you know, they, they do play well. The, the one thing that Klubnik, and, and I totally agree with Ellis. I mean, and I said this, I've said this, you know, the last time, uh, I think that we were on, you know, there, there had to have been a reason why they weren't playing him. And, and my contention was that maybe he wasn't ready to play. But, you know, I think against North Carolina, they, they were they didn't have any choice. They had to make a change. They had to do something, and it worked out well for them. But the one thing that I think you've seen, now you didn't see it against Notre Dame because, I mean, they were getting, they were getting beaten. They were going to get beat regardless of who was the quarterback. But, you know, when he has gone in, usually he seems to energize not only the offense, but it seems like the whole team – is is energized when he comes in. Now, you know whether that will carry through tomorrow night. Who knows? But it does seem that that has been the case. He does seem to bring some energy, you know, to the team and and to the fan base, for that matter. Um, so you know, again, you know, now that he is the guy, um, you know, we'll we'll see if he you know still has that uh, brings that kind of energy. Yeah, was that energy because he's just an energetic guy, or was it energy because people have been clamoring for a change, and here's the hot shot young yes. quarterback they've been waiting to see? Well, the, the the second team quarterback is always the guy that everybody wants, and uh, and you're exactly right. You know, Clemson fans, you know, were ready. Maybe the players were ready for a change, too. You know, you just don't know. Maybe the players were frustrated, even though you heard great things that they said about DJ. They may have been frustrated, you know, with the mistakes that he made and, and what have you. And, and they may have all, everybody may have just been ready for a change. Now, whether that translates, you know, to a guy that's going to be the, the, the next great quarterback, you know, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. Well, I can refute that theory. I was the second-team quarterback on my peewee team, and, and nobody ever wanted to see me go into the game. So I I don't know if that's a universal theory that holds. Not even your mom and dad? None of them. Nobody, no, my mom definitely didn't want to see me in there because she was afraid I'd get hurt. <clears throat> she made me wear a neck roll and uh, the old birdcage face mask. I had to have the birdcage face mask and the neck roll, and I was taped up like a mummy. <laughs> So that's why I didn't go anywhere in the sport. I really wasn't a quarterback. I was an offensive lineman. Uh, guys, we we thank you as always. Great great insight. Um, we hope you have a safe and happy a new year. Uh, um, the world's getting older, but not you two. You two don't age. You're ageless wonders. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week and, and look back at these uh, games and uh, and break it down one more time. Because we just can't let you go. We can't say goodbye. We can't let you go. Sounds great, Phil. Thank I'm you. here. <laughs> All right. I'm an ageless one. Happy to you. Happy to you. Right now, tell my left knee I'm an ageless one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Jordan. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to y'all. Okay. Uh, the best, Chuck Reedy, Ellis Johnson. Uh, let me update some basketball before we uh, wrap it up. USC women leading Texas A&M 43-18 at halftime in Columbia. SEC opener for the Gamecocks. Uh, Cook's got nine. Cooper's got seven for South Carolina. Um, and um, let's see. Uh, Boston's got six and four. 
Uh, we've also got um, Clemson women leading Virginia Tech, 63-59. Uh, we've got Furman over VMI. This is men, 33-21 at the half. Wofford leading East Tennessee in the first, 26-19. Chattanooga leading the Citadel, 19-18. Coastal Carolina leads Louisiana, 33-23. College of Charleston over Hampton, 54-31. In that bowl game, it's now Florida State, 18, Oklahoma 17. Smitty, thank you. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Thank you, Pat. Uh, I'll be on live from here in Fort Lauderdale, the Clemson game. Smitty will be live from Jacksonville. Pat will be in Columbia. We'll bring it all together one more time tomorrow. See you then.